Oh my God, guys, this is my first ever podcast. <gasps> How do I start a podcast? What do I say? I don't know. Ah! Let's just get started. So welcome to the Dental Bright Bites podcast, where we give you a bright bite into your dental business in 10 minutes or less, because ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> I'm your host, Sarah Kidd, and today we have Doug Fettig from Aldrich Consulting as my first ever guest. Woohoo! <laughs> Doug is an amazing wealth of knowledge who I've had the pleasure of listening to a bunch of times at various meetings and trade shows. I'm really honored to have him as my first guest. So today we'll be talking about what changes in tax code you should be aware of for 2018, plus some small tips and tricks that can make a big impact on your income. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hi, Sarah. Hello. <laughs> okay. So Doug is a dental business consultant and also a CPA. So his firm works with thousands of dentists throughout the country to help them with their accounting. And I've sat in on a few of his uh, presentations and I've always taken away something new every time I listen to you, Doug. Um, but today we kind of want to talk about what's new with Section 179 this year. Uh, so let's start there. Okay, well, so as some of you probably know, there was a lot of tax changes in late 2017. Uh, major tax legislation was passed for the first time since the Reagan administration. And was that Section 179 was increased to $1 million a year, and, that, and that's a permanent change. Hmm. So for you, for you docs out there who are looking to buy equipment for your practice, it's a million bucks a year per year, which is probably more than you'll ever need. Wow. And one of the so one of the great things about Section 179, and just to give your audience, Sarah, a little bit of a reprimer on depreciation, it's sure. a beautiful thing. You take the value of the equipment that you purchased, and all depreciation is is it allows you to reduce the net income you're reporting to the IRS, and therefore paying less in taxes. Okay, mm -hmm. so so you so if you spend two hundred thousand dollars to go digital, and you decide it's a good idea to depreci depreciate that all in the first year you're going to pay dramatically less in taxes and, you, and you're going to increase that cash flow. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I remember you uh, talking about something about the tax step last time I listened to you. Ah. I glazed over during that <laughs> entire part of well, the <laughs> Well, that, well you, then, then I'm a little disappointed because the tax stair step is a tool that you can use as a cocktail party. If, you okay. get, if people kind of crowd around you at a cocktail party and you get claustrophobic, start talking about the tax stair step, and all of a sudden, within five minutes, there'll be nobody around you. Okay. Perfect. So it's a tool you can use because I know you go to a lot of cocktail parties, Sarah. <laughs> you're kind of, kind of a popular person when, you know, you're in the dental industry. So I get it. Yeah. Okay. But, but actually the tax stair step is, is, is critical to understand because if you've ever heard somebody say, you know, gosh, darn it, Doug, I don't want to get a raise because it's going to put me in a higher tax bracket and I'll make less money. You know, a lot of people have heard that comment. Mm -hmm. It shows a fundamental misunderstanding of how our tax structure works. It works on a basis of stair steps. So the first chunk of your income, the first 19,000 or so is taxed at, at 10%. Then the incremental difference between 19 and 77,000 is taxed at 12%. Only the incremental difference and on up the stair step. Mm -hmm. so, so everybody pays a blended rate. Yeah. So, so if someone says, uh, so if your CPA says, oh, you bought $200,000 worth of equipment, 
let's take section 179 all in the first year. That's maybe not necessarily the best answer because if I depreciate you down to, to no income this year, I've wasted, air quotes, the depreciation at the bottom of the stair step. Mm-hmm. I might want to save some of that depreciation for future years when you're, ta- when you're higher up on the stair step and the depreciation has more benefit to you because it'll chop you down at a higher tax rate. Mm. Okay. So beware if, if, beware if your CPA says, I got your taxes down to zero this year. That yeah, might not be the best long-term answer. Let's talk about that a little bit. Um, I had a customer recently that I was speaking with, and he had worked with a normal CPA, just normal guy mm-hmm. that works with a lot yep. of local people for the past, I don't know, 20 years he's been in business. And uh, he was telling me that he switched over to dental CPA recently and they now have to go back. I think it was like the past five years or something in his business and redo everything because the normal CPA, well, he was a great guy. He did not mm-hmm. understand the business side of dental. And so I tell all of my customers they should be working with a dental CPA um, can you kind of quickly just explain why? Well, so it's like, it's like any industry. If you work with someone who's an expert in your industry, they understand the, the incentives, the ins and outs, more so than someone who is just a generalist. And, and that's critical because what a lot of CPAs do is they, the, anybody can do your taxes. You can go to H&R Block and they can do your taxes, right? I don't, don't necessarily recommend that for a dentist. Now, mm-hmm. That's called doing your taxes. Tax planning is what a specialist will do, like Aldrich. We'll sit down yeah. with you. We'll, we'll talk about your taxes in the summer. It's called tax planning. We'll sit down with you again in November to make sure we understand where everything is. And so, therefore, you should never get a surprise call from your CPA in March saying, oh, by the way, Sarah, you owe, you owe another $30,000 in taxes. Mm-hmm. And and believe me, believe me, those calls happen to to people that we talk to. And, and oh, that, yeah. that means that they haven't engaged in tax planning with you. They've just been being reactive instead of proactive. Yeah, cool. Okay, let's get a little bit into cost segregation. Um, this is something that I heard you talk about recently when I went to an ADEC conference with you. Um, and I thought that this was powerful and I, I haven't heard very many people bring this up before. So uh, let's kind of get into that and how that works. Okay, so, so cost segregation is probably the most powerful but, but least known tax incentive available to the dental community. So, so whenever you do a new build out or you do a major leasehold improvement, what a cost segregation does, let's say you spend a million bucks round numbers for a new build out, okay? In the old days, the CPA would say, you know, it's, it's too bad, Sarah, but for a building, we can, we can only depreciate it over 39 years. So you're going to get almost no benefit from it. Well, a few years ago, some smart people said, wait a minute, all the costs necessary to provide dentistry, the heating, the lighting, the HVAC, the air, all that, we can justify taking those costs, moving them up and depreciating them over five years instead of 39 years. So, so the impact to a dentist, if you do a million dollar build out and you do a cost segregation, it's going to take an extra $100,000 plus of depreciation back in those first five years. So it's an extra $100,000 of cash flow that you wouldn't have gotten. So it dramatically changes the economics and the ROI of doing a build out. Mm-hmm. Powerful what, tool. What about with like smaller things? Like if a customer were to buy like a Sarek per se, per se, um, so, so play. Well, so something like a CEREC, that's going to fall back into your 179. 
Okay. okay. So a cost segregation is related to a leasehold improvement or a build out. So your, so okay. your CEREC is going to be impacted by your, your regular 179 decision. So an important point on the cost seg, here, here's your general rule of thumb. If you're going to spend $250,000 or more on a leasehold improvement or a build out, it makes sense to do a cost segregation analysis. Uh-huh. And the reason why I say that is a cost seg is done by a technical engineer and it costs about $10,000. So the, the return has to be there in order to pay for the cost seg. And, yeah. and 250K is generally your, 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 um, your, more, your borderline to, to have the ROI be there. And one more important point on the cost seg, Sarah, mm-hmm. it's critical. You can go back in time and amend your return. Yeah. So, so I've talked to a lot of docs and I'll do my presentation and you'll see a doc out there in the audience and they're like, gosh darn it, Doug, I just did a new build out two years ago. No worries. You can go back have the return amended and still have most of the benefit flow up into your current year's tax return. Critical, critical point. How many years can you go back? Well, there is no limit, but, mm-hmm. but the benefit of the depreciation lessens over time. So gotcha. we've gone back as far as eight years where the benefit was still there to pay for the cost seg and have a positive cash flow bump. Got it. So if your docs, if your doc has done a build out or leasehold improvement, they should consider this going back in time. Okay. Very cool. Uh, and so do you have any other, I guess, just remaining quick tips you can give to some of my customers? My, my, my main message I want to get across in general is, is and I love talking to, to docs about this, is to change their thinking so they think like a CEO. You guys, you guys and gals are the CEO of a small business, and, and no business in the world has ever been able to be successful by cost-cutting their way to prosperity. So, so think like a business person. Use, use, use low interest debt to leverage and grow your business. And it's amazing what you can accomplish. And my little plug for Doug is if you corner him and pull him aside when you meet them, <laughs> you can force him to go into your 401k and press some buttons <laughs> and make everything look so much better for your future. So, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, now to clarify, Sarah, you press the buttons. I made suggestions. You press the buttons. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I see Doug, I corner him. So. <laughs> All right. Very cool. Well, thanks so much for coming on today. So that's that, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in to my first ever podcast for the Dental Bright Bites. Be sure to tune in for future episodes. We're aiming to hopefully hit one every other week or so, fingers crossed. Uh, If you'd like more information from Doug, you can reach him at dfettig at aldrichadvisors.com or find him via the website aldrichadvisors.com. Thanks so much, everyone, and we'll catch you on the next podcast.